This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley, Jelmar, Simply Safe, Pella, and Pavestone. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement project. Hey, you got a do-it-yourself dilemma? Call us, 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Don't want to do it yourself? No problem. Call us. We'll tell you what you need to know before picking up the phone and hiring a pro at 888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up this hour on the program, is your cracked driveway dragging down your home's curb appeal and perhaps its value? Well, you can swap out the concrete for pavers. We've got tips on an easy-to-install solution that's going to add some appeal and value for years to come. And are your kids complaining that their bedrooms are babyish? Well, keeping up on the decor trends is expensive, so we're going to give you some tips on creating rooms that will grow with them for the years to come. Plus, if you're dreaming of a backyard oasis in time for next summer, you might be thinking about installing a swimming pool. But keep in mind, there are a lot of safety concerns you should consider, especially when it comes to the electricity needed to run that pool. We've got advice to keep your backyard pool safe and sound coming up. And we've got a great prize up for grabs this hour, especially given that we're all going to be spending a lot of time indoors. We want to start getting things clean. We've got up for grabs a chance to win cleaning supplies. It's a pack of CLR cleaning products worth 50 bucks. Now, those cleaning products are made by Gelmar. They make the CLR brand. They've also developed a free online test that will reveal your cleaning personality type and it will give you customized tips for better cleaning and to make that project just go a lot easier. The quiz is online at facebook.com slash CLR cleaners, but 50 bucks worth of products go out to one lucky caller. So pick up the phone and call us at one 1- 888 Money Pit. Mindy in Kentucky is on the line and has a flooring question. How can we help you with your project? Uh, yes. Um, we have a really hideous linoleum in our on our kitchen floor. It's actually been in the house since we bought it. And, of course, it's starting to peel up, and there's actually other linoleum under it. And, uh, actually, I'm really afraid to dig any deeper to see how many levels might be on it. <laughs> I was just wondering, is it worth the time and effort, you know, and possible extra cost to to just take everything up? Do you have a dishwasher in that kitchen? No, we do not. I'd love to have one, but I do not have one, no. Well, the reason I ask you is because if you don't take up the old floor, you'd end up sort of sealing in the dishwasher, and it's hard to remove it after that. I mean, generally speaking, I'm an advocate of taking up the old flooring because I think it's kind of sloppy to, to put new layers over the old. But I can see if it's difficult to get it over for budget reasons that you don't want to go in that direction. But I would recommend you take it up if you can. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mindy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bob in South Dakota is dealing with a drywall issue. What's going on at your house? Uh, we have a 1990s home 
and um, we had sheetrock nails that were put in that began popping, uh, mainly toward the ceiling area and corners, inside corners especially. And we had a contractor uh, do redo some. We redid some ourselves. Uh, one of the things they did and we did is we just drove the nails in and covered them and put a screw maybe two to three inches from it, but the nails reappeared after we did it. What's the answer? Well, it, it would it would if if he just drove it back in and didn't put a second nail that overlaps it. Well, and then it's in the same hole, so it's given the same movement area. Now, what Tom mentioned with the second nail is you're right, putting a screw in, a screw is a great way to do that, but if you're putting the screw in, I would have taken out the nail instead of giving it the space to come back out. But what you can do if you see the nail to start backing its way out. You can take a second nail and overlap it so that, you know, the two heads would overlap. So when you drive in the second nail, it pushes that first nail back down with it and will keep it in its place because the new nail is in fresh wood, so it'll stay there. And then you go ahead and, you know, cover over it and sand it and spackle it, everything, make it nice and smooth to prime and paint. But a screw really is the best way because those won't back themselves out. What do you think, in your professional opinion, I've listened to your show a lot, and um, just as a plug for you guys, thanks a lot for all the helpful hints, but what do you think has caused those screws to pop like that, or nails, I should say? Normal expansion and contraction. You know, the, the, the nails that are used to attach drywall have a glue coating on them. They're like a rosin coating, and when you drive the nail in, it's supposed to kind of stick on the wall, but it doesn't, and as as uh, the walls expand and contract, they very often will back out. It's really typical. It would be unusual, for it, frankly, to not happen. But the key is that when it does happen, if you just drive it back in, it's going to happen all over again. But if you were to overlap the uh, the old nail head with the new nail head so that you're now creating sort of a second nail and a second nail hole that's holding it in place, that's effective. Or you pull out the drywall uh, nail altogether and replace it with a drywall screw and it will never pull out. The fact that you put the screw two or three inches from uh, from the old one uh, you know, will help keep that board tight, but it's not going to stop the drywall nail from expanding and tracking and pushing itself back out, as you've learned. You just you really need to sort of reinforce it by overlapping the heads with a new nail. Yeah, that sounds good. And I think um, from what I've seen, if we pull the old nail and put a screw in a ways away, I think that's the best solution because then we don't have any possibility of of anything happening there again and um, doing away with the situation completely. Trial and error is the best, right? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you for the great show. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Still ahead, your kids may have outgrown last year's shoes and shirts, but have they also outgrown their bedrooms? We've got tips for bedrooms that will grow with your kids, taking the edge off spending for years to come when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella products with instinctive technology can connect with compatible home automation systems so they can be programmed to help keep your home in sync with you. Learn more at Pella.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call with your home improvement question. You'll get our answers, you'll get our advice, and you'll get a chance to win a $50 prize pack of CLR cleaning products. Yeah, this time of year with all the grime on your barbecue, you are going to love the CLR barbecue grill cleaner. It's going to cut right through all of that baked on food and grease and just yuck and give you a nice clean grill for all those final burgers and hot dogs of the summer season. And you can use those CLR cleaning products to clean your house better and faster by taking CLR's cleaning personality type quiz. It pinpoints your habits and gives you custom cleaning tips and advice. You can take it online at Facebook. Dot com slash CLR cleaners. Now we've got Rivella on the line who wants to talk about painting furniture. How can we help you today? We just bought some, you know, outdoor furniture and we were sorting it by adding some spray paint to it, but it already started to chip and it's the outdoor spray paint. So before I paint it again and it's the winter months coming, I don't know if it would be best just to, like, what would be the best way to protect the furniture from the winter from it chipping even more? Hmm. All right. So you've already painted it and it's just not holding up. Are you, where are you located? Uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, so you're going to get a colder winter. Um, are you able to store the furniture in a garage or do you have to store it outside? It has to be outside. There's not enough room in the garage, unfortunately. Okay, so if you can stack them or get them sort of clustered together, I would just put them, you know, with a furniture cover over them just to sort of help keep them from snow and ice and water just sitting on it all winter long. And then once the weather does warm up, I would sort of give them a good, you know, wire brush to sort of get away whatever's chipping and cracking and then lightly sand or sand as much as you're going to need to to sort of even out those edges between the chipped pieces and the raw metal 
And then once you get it to a nice feel, um, Krylon actually has a great spray paint. It's called the Dual Superbond Paint and Primer. So it's all in one product. And when it goes on, it really bonds to those hard to adhere to surfaces. It works really well on metal, even plastics. And it comes in a lot of fun colors, which is what I always find challenging when you're dealing with, you know, spray paints. And we've had great results with it. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely give that brand a try. Maybe it's a brand I'm using. Who knows? Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. David Alaska, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've got a uh, uh, multifamily unit that I own, and uh, I'm having trouble with the floor. The the major, the floor is, it's a three-story building, uh, the bottom floor being uh, ground le- or below ground level, sort of like a garden apartment. The windows are at level. Uh, the second and third floor, the floor is uh, cement poured over, I think it's plywood underneath it. But uh, right inside the door, there's a large area that's uh, completely shattered, and it dips down in sections maybe as much as an inch when you step on it. I'm just wondering how to repair this. Would I need to remove the whole floor. What I think you're describing is the fire retardant that is used in multifamily construction. So to repair this, what you need to do is to remove that surface that looks like concrete. I don't believe it's actually concrete. I believe it's a product called Gypcrete, G-Y-P-C-R-E-T-E. It basically goes on as a liquid and then it dries and it looks like concrete, but it's really a fire retardant. So you would tear out the old material, you'd repair the floor, which is obviously water damage being near a door, and then you would restore it with new gypcrete to fill that area in. And if you do it in that order, you won't disturb the fire retardancy of the floor construction, uh, but you'll get the the, the solidity back uh, that you're losing because of the rot. And the gypcrete would be the same thickness because it's almost two inches thick. Yeah, you actually mix it up and you trowel it on. Okay. So you mix it to fit. You say I'd have to repair the subfloor underneath it, so remove the uh, plywood, go back to the joists, and and, uh, lay new plywood. Okay. Exactly. Yep, that that would be a standard construct, standard con- uh, carpentry repair there, but you're adding new gypcrete on top of it to restore the fire protection. Okay. Excellent. That's what I'll have to do. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, as any parent can tell you, updating your child's bedroom every time Junior has a change of heart or falls in love with a new color or movie character can really add up. Well, you can avoid the excess spending with a bedroom that grows with your child. So start by asking yourself a few questions that can spare you all those pricey improvements every couple of years. First off, think about how many kids are using the space now and how old they are and how many kids are going to use it in the next two to five years. It's no surprise that your second grader will want a different room in a few years when she hits the middle school. So keep that in mind before going with the princess theme. Yeah. And then make your big purchases with the future in mind. You know, rather than themed furniture or anything that's too trendy, you want to go with classic pieces. So your son and daughter can swap out bedding and decor as their interests are changing. But that traditional furniture base is going to stand the test of time. Convertible cribs that take infants from birth to teen years, that's really another great money-saving option. And their designs have really come a long way in recent years, and you're going to find a piece that will suit any style. Now, it's important to choose a color scheme that isn't too juvenile either, or your little ones might be less likely to outgrow it. So think about light yellow instead of pink or gray instead of baby blue. And finally, make sure you include plenty of storage because kids have stuff, and that extra play space can eventually be converted to a space for a desk, a beanbag, a chair, or whatever your teen wishes as time goes on.
Sherry in Texas is on the line with a siding question. How can we help you today? We had this little cottage moved in that uh, has siding on it, but we want it to look like the other outbuildings uh, and put redwood siding on it. Uh, to put siding over siding, do you use a special nail? Is it possible to do that, or do you use screws? Well, first of all, the siding that you have right now, is it flat or is it clapboard? What does it look like? It's flat siding. So like a plywood kind of a, of a, of a surface? Uh, yes, yes. It's an ugly siding, and we want to go with a redwood siding. All right, so here's what I would do, and, and this is for a shed? Uh, yes, uh-huh. So what I would do is I would take building paper, tar paper or even Tyvek, but it's really not necessary, but just tar paper. I would put that up first. And then I would attach the siding on top of that, driving the nails into the original siding. You do not need to remove the original siding. That said, remember, if you've got doors or windows, you may have to build out the edge a little bit around to make up the difference because the siding is going to be thicker than the old stuff. Okay. All right. Put tar paper under it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Sherry. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Paul in Connecticut, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We're working on a paint job where we, uh, we're covering rough-cut cedar clapboards with Benjamin Moore Arbor Coat, a solid stain that's uh, self-priming. Uh, we painted over the same product that was previously sprayed uh, probably about, I'm guessing, seven to eight years ago. And what we're running into is just on one side of the house, we're, we're getting bubbles. Uh, you know, like moisture bubbles. Uh, they they receive. You know, it, it, it's morning sun on that side of the house, but we've never seen a stain. You know, a solid stain bubble up like that. We've seen it with paint, but not with a solid stain. Well, cedar has to breathe, and sometimes when they install cedar siding, they don't leave enough space under it for it to breathe, and so it tends to get clogged with moisture, and I've seen that lift stain before. You mentioned that you're using a product that both primes and stains. I am not a fan of doing that with a staining product. I just, in fact, uh, repainted my entire cedar-sided house, and I did it the same way we did it uh, uh, over a dozen years ago, and that was we we oil-primed it first. We used an oil-based primer first because we had good adhesion with the oil-based primer, and it really stuck well the cedar, and then we put the solid stain on top of that. So once the paint starts to bubble, anytime you have a failure of adhesion, there's no way to put that back together. If that continues to get worse or if it looks bad enough already, you're going to have to take that stain off and start again because you're just, it's never, you can't stick good paint over bad paint. If there's moisture in there, it's just going to lift that paint right off again. So sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have used an oil-based primer first, and I would have put a solid color stain on top of it. Right. That, that, that we're, we're getting that just on one side of the house. Yeah. Maybe it'll just end up being on one side of the house for whatever reason. But at least on that side of the house, you have to pull that stain off and start again and scrape prime, scrape it and prime it properly with an oil-based primer, and then you can stain on top of that. What would, what would you suggest for an oil-based primer? I think if you stay within one family of products, I would use the same oil-based primer that that particular manufacturer makes for solid stain, but as long as it's oil-based and not acrylic or water or latex-based. So now to remove that, to remove that, 
pain that's on there now, um, that, that you're going to lose that rough cut finish. Um, well, if you wire brush it, Perhaps not. You may be able to pull it off with a pressure washer. It depends on how well adhered it is. I mean, when we did my project, we had an unusual problem with the shutters. We were using a product that the manufacturer said did not need to be primed, and it worked well, but it took a long time to cure. And so some of the shutters were sitting around for an extra week before we put them back up, and all the paint peeled off of those. And so we had to actually strip all that paint off and start again. So it even happens to the pros. But once that paint separates, you've got to pull it off. There's just no way to save it. All right. Thank, thank you for your help. Paul, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Carl in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Uh, as a result of some wind damage at my house last month, I need to re-roof. I would like to use metal roofing. My existing roofing is uh, felt paper with three-tab, 20-year asphalt shingles. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it would be okay to have the metal roofing installed with one-by-four wood strips over the asphalt shingles, or should it all be torn off? I would take it off. You know, it, that roof will come off very, very quickly. And it's a small part of the job. If you're going to invest in metal roofing, why put it over asphalt? There's just no point to do that. So I would strip it down to the original sheathing and then build it up from there. That's the best way to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it and listen to you every week. Thank you so much, Carl. Good luck with that project. Well, you've envied your neighbors all summer long, and now you want to get your own backyard swimming pool. But before you do, make sure you're considering safety. We'll have pool safety tips after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. 
The Money Pit is presented by Hire, the world's number one appliance brand and a leader in air quality solutions. Hire is a new kind of appliance brand focused on home solutions designed for each stage of the emerging consumer's life. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, a backyard pool, it certainly can be an oasis, a great entertaining spot for homeowners who love to host friends and family alike. Now, it takes a lot of electricity to run a swimming pool, and we all know that electricity and water do not mix. John Drangenberg knows that better than most. He's the Consumer Safety Director at Underwriters Laboratories, and you've all no doubt seen the UL sticker on anything you've purchased that runs on electricity, and John is the guy behind that. So we really don't think about it, but it's true. Uh, A live electrical current is right there by the giant pool of water, John. How do we avoid having the two mix? Well, certainly uh, the first thing you can do is uh, if you are building a pool, make sure that your in-pool lights and your pumps and filters are all certified by UL and carry the UL mark, which means they've been tested for safety, knowing the environment that they're going to be used in. But the other problem is that uh, many of us um, like to really start living outdoors in the summer because it's, it's pleasant out there and, and it's comfortable and you're near your pool. Bringing a radio that you plug in near the pool, of course, is never a good idea. Uh, stringing lights above the pool might look very pretty for a party, but if anything happens and those lights uh, get into the pool uh, while people are in it, um, unfortunately, you're one of the most conductive things in that pool, so the electrical current will go right through you, and that could cause uh, your heart to go into fibrillation, which is a terrible thing, and that's why we say water and electricity do not mix. All outlets near the pool anywhere should be GFCI protected. That's ground fault circuit interrupters, and uh, they're required by um, by code these days for new homes, but uh, not all homes are brand new. Now, what about the pool light itself, John? I mean, that kind of freaks me out. You've got a light bulb in the water. I'm sure it's all safe, but how do you change it? (laughs) Well, that that could be left to the experts uh, to do. Uh, I think many homeowners don't uh, bother changing the pool lights. But uh, the reality is that um, it is protected in an enclosure that is waterproof. Uh, The light comes through, of course, because it's glass. But uh, the reality is that um, there is a good gasket in there, and that's the kind of thing that's tested by UL to make sure that that, that underground, under, underwater light is, uh, in fact, uh, waterproof. We're talking to John Drangenberg. He's the Consumer Safety Director for Underwriters Laboratories. John, while we're talking about the electricity and, and pool and the safety aspects associated with that, let's talk about prevented, preventing childhood drowning, still a major cause of death in youngsters every summer. Uh, where do you think most people drop the ball on that? Well, you know, Tom, that, that's so true. The uh, number of uh, children that drown during the summer is is several hundred and um, all, again, unnecessary. The main thing that anybody can do is make sure that there's adult supervision when a child is in the pool. And that that sounds so easy. Mom or dad can be out there with the kids in the pool, but um, watching them is uh, is fun initially, but uh, it might get a little boring. So you want to read, you might want to run inside and get the lunch ready. All of that is not good. We say you should follow the 10-20 rule. That means scanning the pool every 10 seconds and be within at least 20 seconds of getting to the pool should there be an emergency that would require your attention. And mainly, uh, people say, I'm going to run inside. They ask an older sibling to watch the younger children. Well, the older child is playing too, and they're kids, and they, they think like kids, and and something could happen, and you just don't want that to happen ever at all. So adult supervision is important. 
Remember those floaties that kids play with, the little inflatable rings and water wings? They're great. They might help a child learn how to swim, but the reality is that they are not uh, formal life jackets, and they can puncture very easily and deflate, um, and it's something that uh, you should not rely on and try to run away from the pool to, um, to do something else like gardening or whatever else, mowing your grass. Uh, that that is not a good idea. And of course, layers of protection are very, very important. You know, not only do you want to have a fence, you want to have the right type of fence. It's not the same sort of garden fence you might have elsewhere. Uh, the spacing on the fence is much smaller. It's different. Uh, it's not climbable. It's called non-climbable fencing. And the gates, of course, have to have uh, automatic closing devices on them so they can't be left open. And then don't forget about the alarms on doors. If sometimes we build pools and and our house actually forms one side of the fence, so to speak, so those doors need to be alarmed. All of these layers work together to kind of back you up as a parent. But as you said, John, the the first and most important thing is to uh, make sure you're there watching the kids uh, and don't let yourself become distracted. I think if somebody does happen to go missing a child, look in the pool first. Don't make that the last place you look. You bet. That's the first thing you should do. Don't look in the room. Look in the pool. If they are down in that pool under the water, by all means, get them out. The sooner you get them out and get them help and give them uh, CPR, um, you, can, you can probably save that child. And um, it's, it's really seconds that count. So look in the pool first, one of the most important things to remember. And along with the fences, Tom, make sure you don't pile pool furniture along the fence line. Kids love to climb. It's a natural instinct. John Drangenberg, the Consumer Safety Director for Underwriters Laboratories. John, thank you so much for all the work uh, you and the team at UL do to keep us so safe uh, every single day. 11,000 strong, and we continue trying to work for a safer world. If you'd like more information on tips from UL to keep you and your family safe, go to ul.com slash newsroom. Thanks, John. Our pleasure. Is your driveway in need of some TLC? We'll get rid of that cracked concrete mess and replace it with a beautiful paved driveway. We're going to tell you which materials are going to stand up to the weight of your vehicle when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella products with instinctive technology can connect with compatible home automation systems so they can be programmed to help keep your home in sync with you. Learn more at Pella.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. We'll give you the answer to your home improvement question and a chance to win a prize pack of CLR cleaning products worth fifty bucks. Yeah, the CLR calcium lime and rust remover, it's gonna make a really big difference in your home. You can get rid of all of those ugly deposits that you see in your bathtub and toilet, in the sink even on your appliances. And speaking of cleaning, the CLR Cleaning Personality Quiz is online right now at facebook.com slash clcleaners. And it will give you tips on how you can get that job done faster, leaving more time for the things you really want to do. Like picking up the phone and calling us at one eight 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 money pit Dennis in Wyoming is on the line and has a question about a backer board. What can we do for you? Yes, uh, I just wondered your opinion on the green board being used behind a thermoplastic shower wall. I'm installing a shower in an alcove. Okay. 
and they sent me the base, and then I've got these three walls that I have to glue. Usually, it's that kind of a, of a liner usually goes on top of tile. Can you put it over green board? Well, the problem with the green board is it's not very water resistant. I mean, it's more water resistant than than regular drywall, but it's not terribly water resistant. It's designed to be a tile backer. So I would say if you're going to do it, it's probably okay. But just don't kid yourself into thinking this is something that's going to last for more than a few years or or maybe 10 years max. But I would be very careful to uh, silicone seal all of the seams so you don't have water that goes through the seams of that shower enclosure and saturate through the green board because it will sort of soften up and rot out. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Dennis. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, nothing sets a walkway or a patio apart like pavers. You can get them in stone, tile, or brick sometimes. Install them in outdoor surfaces instead of concrete or dirt. And not only do pavers provide a really distinguished look, they're very durable and they last for lots and lots of years. Yeah, their durability means you want to do the job right and in the pattern that you choose and that you're going to like for the long term. Well, Pavestone's Hollandstone Parkway series are the go-to choice for that classic look that's never going to get old. The stones are rectangular, and that lets you design the fascinating pattern of your choice, or perhaps even using a mix of patterns. Now, the Holland pavers have that old-world charm of a simple paver shape, but with modern conveniences, including your choice of three different finishes that'll match your home and the desired effect that you're going for. And Hollandstone Parkway series, true to their name, will not crack under the weight of cars, which makes them perfect for sidewalks and driveways, too. You can learn more at pavestone.com. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now to learn the answer to your home improvement project at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Kathleen in Illinois on the line, and she's got a question about a vaulted ceiling. What can we do for you? I'm calling about a renovation project that we are trying to do on a three season sun porch, and it's a like a twelve by twenty seven room. We did tackle doing window replacement by ourselves, and we managed to do that. They're vinyl clad windows, the tilt in kind, and everything. But the ceiling right now is like 12-inch tiles that are like, they seem to be glued up to the ceiling. They're not on a grid system, you know, they're just up there. And we want to put um, faux tin ceilings. And we're wondering if that's a project that we could tackle or is that something best left to professionals or... um, You know, we're looking for your advice. We had some... um, damage from rain on the roof and we've had the roof replaced but i even like painted over where the water stains were with that zinzer stain stop and um you can still see that you know it did not cover it so we need to change the ceiling hey you know they make these tiles that are a drop ceiling type of a tile that looks just like tin have you seen those kathleen yes we have and we thought that those were very cool and we didn't know, like, do you think just like, um, you know, liquid nails or something to put it up over these existing tiles? What's underneath the tiles? Uh, plywood sheathing? I don't know. It, it feels really solid, you know, when I, when you push on. I would try to figure out what's underneath it. You could take some pieces of the old tiles apart, see how thick that is. I would prefer to have a mechanical attachment like a, like a, a staple or something like that than just simply the glue. The glue's okay. I mean, I would use liquid nails and something else. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah, exactly. And you, and you don't think it would like, you know, I don't want it to look uneven, you know, how they... You see sometimes those grid systems where the tiles kind of, you know, droop and swoop and look 
No, if it's done really well, it looks great. I mean, we've seen them at really high-end decor uh, showrooms where you, you have some really upscale decorating done, and they look fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Greg in Delaware, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have. Uh, I just moved into a house in Milford, Delaware, and I have a line scale built up on my shower door um, from the previous owners. And I, I tried every chemical possible, uh, and it was ineffective. I wanted to know what's the best solution or the best uh, tool I can use to get lime scale built up off a glass shower door. If it's lime scale for sure and CLR is not removing it, then I wonder if it's something else because CLR is really effective at removing lime scale buildup. Have you um, tried to test this deposit with some vinegar? No. Because if you put some white vinegar saturate like a um, a sponge with white vinegar and wash across that, that what you're calling a lime deposit, it will instantly melt it. If it really is lime, if it's really calcium and lime, it will instantly melt it, and then you can rinse it off. If it's not, then I wonder if there's something else that's staining the door. Uh, what else could it be? Sometimes, depending on the types of cleaners that people have used in the past, they can actually scratch those doors. If you use something that was an abrasive cleaner to clean the shower door, you can put kind of like a fog across it that looks a little bit like a lime scale buildup, but it's really just a damage to the surface of the door. Do the vinegar test, Greg. See what happens, and then let us know, okay? Okay, I definitely will. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, are you looking for a super affordable and simple way to update your kitchen? Well, up next, we've got an idea that lets you show off your style, too, when the Money Pit continues. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete. It's what America's made of. For project help, from start to finish, download the new Quick Crete mobile app. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the dog days aren't the only sizzling thing this summer. We're giving away big ticket prizes in our sizzling summer giveaway sweepstakes. Yeah, not one, not two, but three winners are going to get peace of mind with our grand prize. It's the classic Safe home security system worth $349 plus a month of free monitoring. Just visit facebook.com slash the money pit and you can enter right there. And you can help increase your chances of winning by sharing your sizzling summer giveaway post on your Facebook page. It's all online at facebook.com slash the money pit. Another place that you can post your question, which is what Tiffany did. All right. And Tiffany writes, I love your program. It's been super helpful to me. I purchased a bank owned property and the entire home's interior is painted with a white primer. I've discovered there are several rooms where there's wallpaper under the paint. Is it all right for me to just paint over the primer as they are, or will the wallpaper under the primer eventually cause a problem? Well, you certainly can continue to paint over the wallpaper, but the best thing to do is to pull that off. The reason banks do that is they kind of want to neutralize the whole house so that whoever moves in can kind of imagine their stuff and have a sort of a clean start. But by repainting over the wallpaper, eventually that's going to loosen up and have to come off anyway. So I would say right now while the room is empty, go ahead and pull it out 
and then prime the walls and start painting again from scratch. You'll be much happier in the long run. Yeah, it never looks good to paint over wallpaper. Well, here's a question we hear all the time at the Money Pit. Homeowners want to add a stylish touch to an outdated kitchen, but they don't want to replace all those cabinets. There is a quick, affordable, and fun solution that will win you compliments and let you show off your style. Leslie's got that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, decorative panels. I mean, they're a really simple idea that you can use. I actually used them for an episode of $100 Makeover, so obviously they're not going to cost a ton of money. And you can make these panels with fabric or paper-wrapped hardboard, and it's a simple and affordable way to change the look of an outdated kitchen. So here's what you do. You just cut the hardboard panels to cover a portion of a door or a drawer front, and then you dress them up with your favorite fabric or patterned paper, and you create a beautiful standout focal point that's going to add texture to your design scheme. First of all, you've got to figure out what size panels you're going to need. Then you measure and cut them from a quarter-inch hardboard. And if using a power saw isn't for you, you can have your local home center cut the hardboard to size. Sometimes they'll do a couple of cuts for free. Sometimes it's a quarter a cut. Ask, they'll do it for you. From there, you want to cut a piece of fabric or paper two inches wider and two inches longer than the pieces of hardboard that you're going to cover. And make sure any patterns or anything that you're using that you want to display is centered on that board. Then you use a staple gun and quarter-inch staples to attach the covering to the hardboard. You want to start in the center on one side, then you work outward from there, placing your staples about a half an inch or so apart and parallel to the edge of the fabric. You want to do this on both sides, make sure everything's nice and tight, keeping things straight. Then stop about three inches from each corner. Then to finish the corners, you've got to pull that loose corner of the covering onto the back of the hardboard so that it creates like a 90-degree corner, and then attach it with a staple. Then fold the rest of the loose material over onto the board and staple it in place. And you want to keep it nice and smooth because you don't want it to bunch up because you need this panel to lay flat on the cabinet or on the door. Now consider drawing the room together by matting and framing a piece of the fabric as well. Then you hang it on a nearby wall and you've got a brand spanking new kitchen that did not cost you a ton of money. Great idea. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, smart homes are becoming a reality and the do-it-yourself version is actually more affordable than you might think. We'll have tips on how you can control and monitor your home from within its walls or miles away with budget-friendly options that raise your home IQ on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.